am two seconds from being on you like white on rice and a glass of milk and a paper plate in a snowstorm. I will put my foot so far up your ass, the water on my knee will quench your thirst. You're listening to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 49. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan, and today we're going to continue our arc of tribal by telling you how you can play Zur and still keep your friends. Now hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan, we're back for another Whirlwind Adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? A whole ton is going down. We're going to continue our super sweet tribal arc with another junk tribal, this time listener submission. Yes, very much so. We'll get to him in a second. Yes, we will. But first, we have a little bit of housekeeping, don't we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got some housekeeping to deal with. Now, for- Oh, actually, some really important housekeeping. You shouldn't just sweep it under the rug like that. Started the Facebook group. Yes, we did. Yes. Brando oh, forgot. I did forget. I actually forgot, too. We didn't talk about it in any of our show preparation. <laughs> no, we did not. We are the worst. Uh, but we got some some likes and some follows, and hopefully that will continue to grow. That is excellent. Thank you guys very much for supporting us on Facebook. And don't forget a like, a, review, a five-star review, a share, a follow on the page. You'll get you entered into the Thraxamundar deck giveaway. And shout out to the people on the Facebook group who are like, hey, you don't need to bribe us with like giveaways and stuff. We just want to listen because uh, we like the show. Well, thank you very much. Also, we do actually want to give back to people, right? So yeah. you guys are helping us be successful. The least we can do is is put some stuff together and, and give back. Yeah, share the wealth. Yeah. yeah. So we're getting to do something that we love to do. And we're entertaining you guys. We really appreciate that. So we're going to show our appreciation by bribing you. Um, Excellent. Hopefully, for you guys, it doesn't turn into blackmail. But I guess also (laughs) hopefully for us, it doesn't turn into blackmail. (laughs) Yes. Yes, people go to jail for that. No jail for us. Uh, Okay, actually, speaking about Facebook, we should do the social media coordinates real quick. So we are CCO Podcast on the Twitter and the tappedout.net. That's where you can see this deck and any deck that we've talked about in the past or are going to talk about in the future. We are Commander Cookout Podcast at gmail.com. That's where you can send love mail, hate mail, show suggestions, questions, comments, no nudes. Or you can send nudes. <laughs> We're also Commander Cookout on iTunes, YouTube, Patreon, EDHREC.com, and Podomatic, where we are continuing our epic struggle to take down the scrapbooking ladies. And I'm picking up my new computer right after we are done recording here. So I'm going to be getting the YouTube videos back together and they're going to be up again. So sorry we missed out on that. Sorry if you had to listen on whatever platform that you're currently not- listening to us on. <laughs> that. And you wish that you were listening to us on YouTube. So within the week, you should start to see all of the episodes get pumped out on YouTube in pretty short succession. Yeah, the audio has all been set up. It's just a matter of making it into what we passes video form and sending it out to the printer which is youtube okay down to business shout outs shout outs two shout outs shout outs for business i guess so steve connaughton new patreon thanks steve yeah i was sitting at the chiropractor got a message from patreon steve thank you funny nickname Funny nickname for Steve Connaughton. I, I don't want to make any assumptions about him, so I'm not going to say anything that he cannot do. Whoa! <laughs> He's probably never heard that before. I'll bet he hears that at least every day, because there's probably lots of stuff he can't do. You wiener. Yeah. Okay, also shout out to Mark, and I don't think that there needs to be a funny nickname here. Mark Honky? What? He's probably from the land of the free. <laughs> We're doing his deck today. Yeah, so... 
Thanks, Mark. Yeah, Sea Monster Tribal. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and actually some weird challenges with this list because it's not your typical tribal, right? Yeah, it's like four or five tribes at once. It's yeah. like a theme, which so, I dig. So sea monsters come in all kind of sh- shapes and forms. They come in serpents, krakens, leviathans. Octopuses. Octopi, if you will. I will. What else do they come in? Horror. I suppose. Changeling. <laughs> yeah, they do come in changelings. Okay, so we're going to get into it. The commander for the deck. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Whoa. For those of you that listen to other magic podcasts on the internet, hmm. you hmm. may have heard of a little ditty called CMDR Central. Here it comes. They may or may not. Somebody's going to die. Have thrown down the gauntlet with us for some form of deck building challenge. Mm-hmm. I don't know why anybody would ever want to do that. I, I don't. We take these things very seriously, don't we, Ryan? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stuff's in the wheelhouse. Stuff's in the mill. We've already started our opening salvo. We actually tried to call Max Crandell to tell him that we accept in person. We lost his phone number, so we actually found his uncle. Yep, and yep. this is the conversation that we had with him. Does he look like a bitch? What? <laughs> Does he look like a bitch? No! So Max Crandell, your uncle with one leg, doesn't think we look like bitches. So obviously, we've accepted your challenge. And you're going to die. It's not going anywhere good for you guys. Nope. Just so that you know. So where is it all going down? Where is it all going down? It's going down GP Vegas Yep. in June. Yep. We're going to meet him face to face, and I'm going to beat Max Crandell with a club. A club-shaped magic deck. Yes. Wait. What? <laughs> Right, right. No, we're gonna beat him at a game of magic. Yes, very much so. No, we're gonna we're gonna build a deck that's way spicier than his, and then we're gonna beat him with it. Not like literally, though, right? Uh, well, we'll see how it goes. Here's the thing: we have got all of CCO Nation backing us. Yeah, we do. Like, who do they have? Like, a few guys in Connecticut or wherever they're from. <laughs> yeah, and we got CCO Nation from like all over the world. Yeah. That's kind of more than one nation technically, but in CCO Nation, we're all one. So we got to beat Wholesale Ass down on the CMDR Central guys. And we're not going to stop at beating Wholesale Ass on one other pair of podcasters. No. We are also extending the challenge to the Commander's Brew guys, fellow Canadians. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking with, I think it was Andy on Twitter, and he said that he'd be down. Yeah? You know what we're going to do to him? I will smash your face into a car windshield and then take your mother, Dorothy Mantooth, out for a nice seafood dinner and never call her again. We take this seriously, Ryan. Yep. So Andy and Sean? Yeah, you're going down too. So speaking of contests, beatdowns, challenges, other contests, we actually have another contest. Oh yeah, we do. Yes, we do. Back to the real world, I guess. Yeah, we've got the Make a Nickname for Mark Niles contest. We did get some submissions. Oh, don't. Keep them coming. Yeah. I think that one was submitted that was very close to what I wish it was. <laughs> I'm not going to say what it is yet, but keep submitting them. So what it is is we had a, a Mark Niles listener said to us, keep the prize pack, the, the foil sliver prize pack. Keep it. Give it to somebody else. He's got lots of slivers already. So he's awesome. We are giving away a pack of foil slivers on his behalf. 
You just have to find or come up with a funny nickname, send it in on Twitter or commandercookout at gmail.com. Yes, or I guess you could leave a... No, don't leave a Facebook post. Let's let's keep them secret. Yes. Yeah, it's got to be a super secret thing, and then we'll uh, we'll announce the winner at the end of this arc, which is in a couple of weeks. You've got lots of time to brainstorm something sweet and send it in. On and don't worry about hurting his feelings, because we're not. Episode 52. Yeah. The last, the last episode in the arc of Tribal is going to be 51. And then 52, we're planning a special little thing because it's, you know, kind of like a year anniversary for us. Yeah. We're foregoing the 50 as the round number, and we're going right to 52 because that's kind of how many weeks are in a year. And everybody does the 50th. Yeah, F everybody except yeah. us. Right on. Now, are we are we going to talk about a deck this week? Ah, oh, I suppose we I'm could if you want to. Yeah, so we set off the top in the intro, which I also got in one try. Ooh, very cool. That, we're going to talk about how to play Xur the Enchanter and how to keep your friends. And I guess we spoiled how you're going to do that because you're going to use him to pilot a sea monster tribal deck. So let's give Xur a read. Okay, so for all you people who aren't dirtbags and like fun decks and don't know what Xur does, here we go. We've got Xur the Enchanter. He is a human wizard 1-4 for one white, blue, black. He has flying. Whenever Xur the Enchanter attacks, not when he does damage, when he attacks... You may search your library for an enchantment card with converted mana cost three or less and put it into play. I can't see how he would yeah, could ever be unfun. Pretty competitive deck because you can search for things that, you know, make them unblockable or shut down your opponent's game plan or whatever, right? In this deck, what are we searching for? One of the <laughs> one of the jankest pieces of crap I think I've ever seen in Quest for Ula's Temple. Quest for Ula's Temple is an yeah, enchantment for... Give it a read. It's got a novel. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, Do I have to read that whole thing, or can I synopsize it? Synopsize Let's it. Let's synopsize it. Quest for Ula's Temple is an enchantment for blue. At the beginning of your upkeep, you look at the top card of your library. If it's a creature, put a counter on the enchantment. Then, at the end of your turn, if there are three counters on it, you can take a sea monster type creature from your hand, put it into play. Into play! Into play. So, installment plan, I guess. Yeah. But it lets you cheat the mana cost of these big fat fatties. Yes, it does, which I would is important. Yeah, I would assume that you would need a whole bunch of creatures, which is pretty atypical of a Xur deck. Usually they have lots of enchantments, lots of board control, right? Yes, and like a few enchantment creatures usually. Yeah. Usually you can play the whole deck just by playing Xur. Yeah. You don't, ever, you don't actually have to cast another spell unless it's removal. Precisely. So we are looking at, if we're getting into the recipe, and I think first off we should start by saying that this looks like a kind of a 75% deck. Mark Honky's actually sent me a couple emails on it saying he's tweaking it and tuning it. And he's found, you know, a couple of positive interactions and the list right now doesn't have all the mana rocks that he has in it. So he's working on updating it and he's tuning it to be fun. Yes, this is supposed to be a fun deck, not a competitive Tier one beat wholesale ass. Yeah, win and big I time think that's deck. that's kind of consistent with lots of how tribal decks are, right? Yeah, not, and it's also good for for the CCO philosophy. I really appreciate this deck because it is full of just a bunch of kind of garbage, but it all works <laughs> yes, together. I so like that. Good. So thirty five creatures, not including Zer. So thirty six, if you include include Zer, and it's going to trigger quest for Ula's temple about a third of the time, right? So if you can, and we'll get into a little bit on how to play it, but you get Quest for Ula's Temple out as early as possible. Yes. You do this by searching for it with Xur, because remember you can search for an enchantment with converted mana cost three or less when he attacks. 
and then you get counters on it. How do you do it without Xur? So there's a whole crap ton of little cantripy or scry type creatures, and then a, a few clone type creatures, and all of the rest of them are big fat sea monster fatties. Yes. So we're going to get into them with some quick hits. We have got Augury Owl. Augury Owl is a 1-1 one, one flyer for two. When he hits the battlefield, scry three. Oromancer. Oromancer is a 2-2 two, two for three. When it enters the battlefield, it's going to get you your quest for Ula's Temple from your graveyard back into your hand. Clever Impersonator. It's a four-mana clone. That clones any non-land permanent. Oh, it can clone quest for Ula's Temple. Yeah. So you can get two. Also, they're going up in price, so get them now. Oh, get them now. Because they're going up. Cryptic Serpent. Cryptic Serpent is your first big, big for Serpent. <laughs> Deep Sea Kraken. Second Sea Monster. Deep Sea Terror. Third sea monster. Deranged assistant. Oh. He is a 1-1 one, one for two. Tap him to get a colorless mana and mill the top card of your library. Dinrova Horror. He's, what are we on, four? Your fourth sea monster? Fogbank. Fogbank is a 0-2 for two flying prevent all damage dealt to it. It's designed to stall the board out. Gear Seeker Serpent. That's your next serpent. Geist of the Archives. When you cast it, scry one. Glenelendra Archmage. She's got Persist, so when she hits the graveyard, she comes back into play with a minus one, minus one counter on her, and you can sacrifice her to counter a non-creature spell. She's just kind of a control spell that also puts counters on your Ula's temple. Yeah, she's part of a, a theme, I guess, so far with zero fours and prevent all damages and creatures that can block. You're getting these weird control abilities on your creatures, right? So they can help trigger quests for Ula's temple. Dig it. Next up, we have... Griffin Dreamfinder. C or a Mancer, except he's a bigger and a flyer. Guardian of Tazim. Landfall, Frost Titan. <laughs> what that means is when you play a land, tap a, tap a thing, it doesn't untap uh, during its controller's next untap step. Hannah, Ship's Navigator. She is repeatable or a Mancer. Gets an enchantment card or an artifact from your graveyard to your hand for white, blue, one. And she is sexy as hell in that picture. Yeah, good wow. picture. Harbringer of the Tides. Two mana, Merfolk Wizard bounces a dude and you pay it, play it? Yeah, tapped hmm. guy, but it bounces a guy. That's a control card, I guess. Harbor Serpent. That's another serpent. Dink Swell Leviathan. Dink Smell Leviathan. <laughs> he is a Leviathan, Seven Eleven. He's a big, big. Kraken of the Straits. Kraken of the Strait is a Kraken. It's big, big. Lorthos the Tide Maker. He's a big, big. He's an 8-8 octopus. Naga Oracle. Not Snake Oracle is kind of like a scry look and rearrange the top of your library. Way to scratch the scab off of an old wound, <clears throat> Ryan. Yep. Omen Speaker. Omen Speaker is a scry too when you cast her. Pearl Lake Ancient. That's another Leviathan, 6-7 with Flash this time. I like that one. River Serpent. That's another Serpent. This one cycles. Scourge of the Fleets. Ooh, Scourge of the Fleets, 6-6, six, six, Kraken. When it enters the battlefield, return each creature your opponents control with toughness X or less, where X is the number of islands you control. He's a, he's a sweet card. I play I him like in uh, Kamiya the Butt Crack to yeah, control that, the board. Yeah, that one is kind of like um, Cyclonic Serpent. Ooh, kind of like Cyclonic Rift. I like that. Sea Scryer. Sea Scryer. Two mana. Mana Dork in blue. Crazy. Yeah. Merfolk really can do everything. Sea Lock Monster. Is a giant octopus monster with Monstrosaurus 3. Sigiled Starfish? That is a tap to scry one zero three. Good blocker early game. Sphinx of Uthun. Enters the battlefield. Factor Fiction. So you separate the top five cards of your library, go into two piles, 
and you get one pile. Stormtide Leviathan. Ooh, like this guy too. 8-8, eight, eight, Island Walk, all lands are islands. Creatures without violent flying an Island Walk can't attack. Striped Riverwinder. Oh, what? That <laughs> looks like a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hexproof cycling 5-5 five, five serpent. Thing in the Ice. Thing in the Ice is a double-sided card. Has Defender, 0-4. Comes into play with four counters. When you cast into Sorcery, remove a counter. When all counters are gone, flip it, turns into a 7-6. Horror, Kraken, bad thing. It bounces all non-horrors. Pretty good. Tromocratus. Tromocratus, 8-8, eight, eight, Kraken. When he attacks, opponent has to block with everything that they have. Or they can't block. Dang. Yeah, good card. Wind Rider Patrol. Enters the battlefield, scry. When it deals combat damage, scry. Rexiel the Risen Deep. Island Walk, Swamp Walk, 5-8 Kraken. When he hits you, you can cast something from your opponent's graveyard. Okay, moving on, 11 instants. And it looks like you've got your typical control instance, I think. Yeah, well, we can bang through these super quick again because they are fairly typical. We have Etherize. Return all attacking creatures to owner's hand. Brainstorm. Brainstorm is, uh, well, brainstorm. Draw three, put two from your hand back on top. Counterspell. Is counter target spell. Cyclonic Rift. Bounce Six. a thing or bounce all the things. Demir Charm. Oh, dang it, I hate the charms. It's counter a sorcery, kill a dude, or scry three, but you scry to your graveyard. Yeah, it's a good way of putting that. All right. Dissolve. That counters a spell and scries one. Doomblade. Destroy target non-black creature. Immolating glare. Destroy target attacking creature instant for white and one. How come nobody ever plays that? Because they play condemn. Oh, yeah. Costs less mana. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't I don't mind that, though, because the opponent's not gaining life for it. There's no life gain. I think in a deck like this where you're kind of running it, say, 75%, you don't. that life gain could be... The difference between you swinging for a win and swinging for not a win. And when we get to the budget section, too, you're going to see this deck's very budget. Maybe, um, I don't know, maybe Condemn is like a couple bucks. I haven't ever looked. And this card, I guarantee, is like... A like cent. The store is going to pay you to take it. Yes. How many do you want? Just one. <laughs> no, you're taking four. Yes. Get them out of here. Yes. Next up, we have Misdirection. Ooh, you can cast it for free by exiling a blue card from your hand, right? Yes. And you can change the target of target spell. Cool. Very good card. Mortify. Destroy target creature or enchantment. Spell rupture. Spell rupture? What the heck? I don't know what that is. Looks like it's blue one counter target spell unless its controller pays X, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. Not terrible. Not terrible in deck. You could also play that one from... What was that set where, mad, where mana costs mattered? Mm, Scourge. What is that card? <laughs> Repulsion Shield? It's some kind of shield, and it does the same thing, except instead of the X is the greatest converted mana cost among permanents you control. Hmm. That's why Scornful Egoist was a card. Oh, that's, must have been Scourge then, because that was, that was in yeah. Scourge. Vanilla 1-1 Or one, Legions one or whatever. Like, vanilla 1-1 one, one for 8. What the hell? He had Morph, didn't he? Morph. Everything had morph in that set, so morph. you didn't know what was what. You always assume, though, that it was Willbender. Just FYI, if you ever get in a time machine and go back to, like, 2001... They're all Willbender. Everyone is Willbender, just yeah. by the by. That's yeah, crazy how many Willbenders you can fit in a deck. Yeah. Six sorceries. What do we got here? We have Contingency Plan. Ooh, give that one a read, because I don't know what that does. Look at the top five cards of your library. 
Put any number of them into your graveyard. Put the rest back on top of your library in any order. For blue one, that's like scry to your graveyard again. Yeah. So I guess the theme is control or scry still in the instance and sorceries, right? Let's keep going. Next up, we have energy tap. Energy tap? What the hell is that? Tap target creature you control, add an amount of colorless mana equal to that creature's casting cost to your mana pool. Huh. That'd be neat if it was an enchantment. Yeah. That'd be broke as hell if it was an enchantment, though. So do you tap your own guy, and then you can play another guy? It kind of acts like a blue ritual like that, right? Well, it says tap a creature you control, so you have to tap your own guy. Oh, yeah, I missed that part. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. I mean, it has uses. The things in this deck do cost a lot. And if you already have one, you could. if you have to play one, because sometimes you have to play one, because getting dudes at the end of your turn are dudes that you're getting at the end of your mm-hmm. turn. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Planar Outburst. Destroy all non-land creatures, and you can pay white, 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 five to make a creature into a 4-4, four, four, I think, right? To make a land into a 4-4 four, four creature. So you can destroy everything except your one guy. I tried really hard to make an Awaken deck, and it did not work. Mm. Well, that one's not bad. I don't mind that. Well, some of the cards are sweet. five to destroy everything? It's decent. Yeah, you get a 4-4. It's kind of like Phyrexian Reclamation or whatever, where everybody dies and you get a dude. You know what? I like this. What if... um... What if you just packed like gargoyle towers and like stocking stones and fairy conclaves and stuff with that? What if you could animate them all? Oh yeah, I guess if they're yeah, just, like, they're not they're creatures when you cast them. I'm stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Rite of Replication. Ooh, clone a dude or clone a dude five times if you kick it for nine mana. Telgram's screw. I can't word. Telgram's scheming. Whoa. That sounds like a scry to your graveyard for two mana type card. That is exactly what that card is. Yes! <laughs> totally guessed. It's a common from like cons of Tarkir or something. Yes. <laughs> I just didn't even know. Uh, Whelming Wave. Ooh. Return all non-octopuses, serpents, krakens, and leviathans to their owner's hand. It's a good one. Yeah. That's I like really that one. It's a good one in... Misform Ultimus, because he's all of those things. You <laughs> quadruple don't return him to your hand. <laughs> okay, moving on. Two artifacts. See, this is where it gets a little bit loose. There's no soul ring in here yet. There's yeah, no, no the, Sensei's Divining Top. Which there really should be with the Ula's Temple. I mean, but that's budget stuff, maybe, because exactly. tops are kind of expensive still. So what do we have? We have Seer's Lantern. Instead of top, we have Lantern. Yeah. Okay. So Seer's Lantern is you can tap it for a colorless or tap two and it to scry one. Yes. You could also play like Jar of Eyeballs in here. You could play... Crystal Ball. Crystal Ball. You could play... Well, top, we already talked about. What else has he got here? He has got a little ditty called Stryonic Resonator. That's a sweet name. Two tap and you copy a triggered ability so you can... Copy Zer's ability to get something else. So you can search twice. Second card in the deck that looks like a Pokemon. Yeah. It's mm. a sweet name, though. Stryonic Resonator. That sounds like a wrestling finishing move. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Eight enchantments. All right. We got uh, Control Magic. That lets you gain control of a creature for four mana. Font of Return. Font of Return. Underplayed, I think. It's black one for enchantment that reads black Three, sacrifice font of return. Return three target creatures from your graveyard to your hand. That's pretty good. I don't mind it. Yeah, I, like I don't mind it, especially when you play it alongside something like Buried Alive. You can get those three creatures that you buried back into your hand. Yeah. I don't mind it when you're trying to cycle like 
Mark Honky told me he gets back like Oromancer to get back the Font of Return and Glenelander Archmage and something else. Maybe there should be like a sack outlet creature in here that you sacrifice your Oromancer to so you can get your Oromancer back with your Font of Return and then you play the Oromancer again and you get your Font of Return back. It's a cool little interaction, right? You play like an Ashnod's altar or something. Yeah, again, or not, it's not really ooh, budget, but you know, no, um, you can play Viscerous here, which lets you scry, which you want to do anyways with Quest for Ulus Temple. Yeah, Mark Honky, get on it. Sweet. All right, next enchantment we have Future Sight. Play with the top card of your library revealed, and you can cast it from the top of your library. Imprisoned in the Moon. That is blue two, and you make a creature into a land. That taps for colorless, right? It's Song of the Dryads, but in blue. Yeah. I don't know why nobody plays that. People play Song of the Dryads all day long, and it costs like $9, and everybody hates it. Imprisoned in the Moon is strictly worse for everybody, because it makes it into a crappy colorless land. Yes. And it costs one less. No, it costs the same. Does it cost the same? I thought the Song of the Dryads was four. No. Oh. I don't know. Maybe maybe blue has better removal. Maybe Counterspell before you play the thing is just better. I guess. Maybe Bounce It is better. Maybe people just don't want to play that card because it's kind of outside of Blue's color pie. I think there's been some debate at Wizards that that card should have never been printed because it doesn't really do what Blue does. And that ability was kind of given to Green. Maybe that's a thing. You can find it with Zer. That's the important part. Next up we have Pacifismo. Pacifismo is Spanish for pacifism. It um, makes it so Enchanted Creature can't attack or block for two mana. Shuts somebody off, right? Correct. Now we have the aforementioned quest for Ula's Temple. We've talked lots about that one. It's got cool art on it. Yeah, it's like somebody looking into a big pit with a big fat dude underneath. It's really neat. Uh, next up, we have Seal of Cleansing. We've talked about this card before. White one enchantment. Sacrifice Seal of Cleansing. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. Good rattlesnake card. Another good rattlesnake card. Seal of Doom. Same thing, except... Actually, no, not the same thing at all. Black two enchantment. Sacrifice it. Destroy target, non-black creature, can't be regenerated. Another Rattlesnake card. You know what I like in here as well? Soul Snare. Yeah, that Soul Snare was a beating last time we played, wasn't it? Ah, jeepers. Stupid Evan. It's an enchantment for white. Pay one, sacrifice it, exile target attacking creature, right? Yeah, that would go really well in here, yeah. We've got some more uh, sweet includes that we can talk about when we get to that section of the show. Lands? 36. Now, this is a fairly budget mana base. You're going to see your comes into play tap lands. You're going to see lots of basics. You're going to see already evolving wilds, terramorphic expanse. I very much like the temple lands. They come into play tapped and give you two different colors and they let you scry one. Hugely important in this deck as we've been over. Pain lands and we actually have a couple budget cuts because we could cheapen up this mana base a little bit. And then we've got a couple very expensive recommendations for later on as well. Yeah. So two tutors in the deck, and you already know what they are. One of them is Zer. When you attack, you search for an enchantment with converted mana cost three or less. And the other one is Quest for Ulus Temple. You can search your library for a sea monster, put it into play. So moving into a couple more of the stats of the deck, there's four card draw spells and... I'm not including scry effects there. If you did want to include scry or arrange the library effects, you're looking at 13 in addition to your four card draw, which I think is like plenty. That's plenty lots. Okay. I'm also including Rexiel the Risen Deep. I'm including his cast something from opponent's graveyard for free ability in that card draw because technically you could have him out by like turn four or five if you 
get your god hand, yeah, if you get quest the for Ula's Temple, whatever, right? Magical Christmas land hand. Yeah. Targeted removal, including counter spells, misdirection. Oh, and the one planeswalker in the deck. Who is he? Oh, of course it's Jace. It's Jace the Living Guild Pact. Jace is a four-mana planeswalker. You plus one him to scry to your graveyard, like scry two, but one goes to your graveyard. You can minus three him to bounce a dude, and that's the one of the targeted removals that I included. And then you can minus eight him to, looks like, um, time warp yourself, time twister, sorry, time twister yourself. So you get to, like, discard your hand, shuffle your graveyard in, draw seven. Yeah. Eh, it's fine. It's I like okay. the bounce. I like the four mana repeatable bounce or scry. That's, I mean, he, he does both things that the deck wants to do. He's kind of there. Yeah. He gets you there. Mass removal. Lorthos, he's a mass bouncer, Rift, Scourge of the Fleet, Stormtide, Leviathan, because they can't attack if they don't have Island Walk. Four. Those are the four, I guess. Ramp spells. Energy tap. I got that. It's like a ritual. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to give you like eight mana sometimes. It's very good. Yep. Mana dorks. Deranged Assistant and Sea Sayer? Sea Server? What is, what is scryer. it? Again? Sea Scryer. Sea Scryer? Let's give it a read. That's a weird card. It's from Mirage. Of course it is, right? That's why it does strange things. Tap it at one colorless to your mana pool. Or you can tap a colorless and it to get a blue. So, like, mana filters. Sort of. I think that's fine in a three-color budget mana base dot deck. I like the regrowth or, I guess, the Auromancer effects. Super important when you're dealing with an enchantment-based deck. You've got Auromancer, you've got Hannah Ship's Navigator, and, and Griffin Dreamfinder. I think that's all good there. And for the namesake of the deck, you've got six Serpents, six Krakens, Three Leviathans, two Octopus, one Clone. Do you focus them all in on one creature type to make it more tribal, or do you do you leave it spread out like that? Because Quest for Ula's Temple uh, and Whelming Wave, they're... I mean, they're, you can do it. They're catch-alls. I don't think you would have enough action to do it. You'd have to replace every creature you take out with a clone. And then no, you... That's a thing. That's, that's boring, no, right? That's no fun, yeah. yeah. Although, you could play Quicksilver Gargantuan in this deck... And it would make some of your big fat fatties into bigger, fatter fatties. Yeah. You could also play Followed Footsteps. Uh, I would definitely play that in here because you get clones of your big fat fatties every turn. That's an enchantment, right? Yeah, for like six. Oh, I was going to say, does it cost three? Hell no. No. <laughs> okay, so looking at the stats, looking at the recipe, let's talk about a little bit how to play. I want to start by saying this is just a classic EDH deck. Yes. It's going to play some ramp. It's going to play some little tricky, kind of quirky things like, like Quest for Ula's Temple. It's going to play some recursion like Hannah's Ship's Navigator. And then it's going to play big, dumb idiots. Love it. Classic, right? It's classic. This is somebody's like, ooh, what is this EDH you talk about? Look man? at all this junk I had in my binder. Yeah, I'm going to play all of this shit. Yeah, I like it. It so, also gives you an opportunity to actually play Leviathan in EDH if you're super ballsy. Yeah. Anybody that can play Leviathan to effect in any deck has my respect, because he sucks. He sucks a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The deck explodes at the two-drop slot. Then it kind of holds steady all the way up to seven, eight, nine, ten drops. Like, it's got it all, right? So turn one, I think most of the time is going to end up being land go, particularly because you're playing budget. There's lots of tap lands, right? You're probably not going to want to brainstorm on turn one type thing, right? That's a waste in this deck. Right. Turn two, I mean, you got 13 feasible, as in you'd actually play them on turn two. Two drops. That's two out of every three games, no problem. I really like that, where you can, everything that you draw that 
costs two, you want to play on turn two. Yeah. I like that a lot in decks. And that's not really typical unless it's a mana rock or a dork. Your two drop slot, especially in like a Esper control deck, is sometimes, you know, a path. I know that costs one mana. Or a counter spell. You're going to hold it up. Or a demonic tutor. You're going to hold it up until you know what you want to go and get, right? But this is like two drop scry, three drop scry, four drop scry. It's like you got action on every turn and it's setting you up for your next turn. So it plays probably a lot smoother than what it looks with the budget mana base. Correct. And all of the eight, nine, ten drops. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. We like that. Turn three, you got five or six more possibilities for three drops or just more two drops. And you can, like we just said, sequence them together. Turn four is probably the the the, the quintessential turn because by and large, that's when you're going to play Zur. If you wanted to speed it up with mana rocks or whatever... That's probably the thing that's going to make the deck the most, the most more powerful. Yeah. I would hate to say that this is a deck that's begging for a signet, but this is a deck that's begging for some signets. Yeah, begging for three signets and a soul ring and, you know, like a mind stone, anything that's going to get Zur out on turn three instead of four so you can get Quest for Ula's Temple out ASAP. Yeah, I mean, with a, again, with the nut draw hand, you could get Zur on turn two yeah. with the soul ring and a signet. Yeah. And anybody who says, oh, that's terrible, punch them in the face. Anybody who's listening to this right now says, oh, zero on turn two is terrible. Punch yourself in the face. Yep. Punch yourself in the face. Then nobody's actually punching anybody. Yeah, know. we don't want to actually encourage violence, CCO Nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after you cast your Zer. Quest for Ula's Temple. And oh, then oh. you keep scrying to get your, your dudes on top until you can start getting your dudes out of your hand. So after turn four, looks like more library manipulation, some some light control with your counter spells and your removal, and then fatties. Fatties all day. Yeah. Then all you want to do is protect that uh, quest for Ula's Temple, and you're laughing. You know what I like on as maybe an alternate turn four, turn five? If you don't go right for the Xur kind of line, you've got Control Magic, Glenelendra, Jace, Whelming Wave, Two and three drop removal, you could maybe play some heavy control. Yeah. Right? I know I just said light control, but you can go all the way in if you wanted. Should we, now we've talked about how to play it, what's your plan? Should we talk about what you're paying to play? Oh, what you... <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny. I don't know. Alliteration, it's always funny. Yeah. Speaking of alliteration, we're going to get to some good-ass <laughs> janky CCO alliteration in just a minute. Just a bit, yeah. So... Tapped Out has the deck coming in at 95 bucks. That's impressive. I think that's one of our least expensive decks ever. There are only five cards that are between 5 and 20 bucks. Yeah. That's really impressive. And all of them are either modern cards that have seen some kind of modern play or Cyclonic Rift. Yeah. The first one of those I want to talk about is Glenelendra Archmage. So she costs fifteen fifty. She costs $17 now. So it's 83 Canadian. Yeah, I made the list. Or I made the show notes a little while ago. She's gone up, obviously. I know I mentioned she's part of like that little bit of a uh, the lock that Mark had told me about. I think eh, you could probably cut her. I think you could probably cut her too. She's very narrow. I mean, maybe in his play group, maybe this has a little bit more play. But to have that kind of soft lock that costs upwards of 10 mana, takes two turns, and you can't counter creatures with it. I don't think I think it might be more worthwhile to play yeah, something. Yeah, just a, a reminder. More. She, yeah, she's a 2/2 flyer for 4. You pay blue sacrifice her to counter target non-creature spell, then she comes back into play with a minus 1 minus 1 counter on her, and if she dies with a minus 1 minus 1 counter on her, she stays dead. Yes. 
So great card. She sees play in all kinds of EDH decks, but and I mean that's why she's expensive, right? Yeah. So maybe cut her. I don't know. I think she could see. I think you could fill that slot a little bit better with something else. Or f the budget like we're gonna do in a minute and really focus in on that. Tighten up that lock. She could be a scroll rack. You want to scry? You want a scroll rack? Yes. Yes, very much so. I was thinking of Cursed Scroll. Not the same. Yeah, no, not the same card. <laughs> not the same at all. Scroll Rack is an artifact where you tap it, take any number of cards from your hand. You switch any number of cards in your hand with the top that many cards of your library. So you can always put... You could be the same creature three times. You could always hit your Una's Temple trigger and give your opponents zero information. So excellent. It's like, look, I have this Dinkswell Leviathan in my hand. Still there. Still there. <laughs> yeah. Still there. Oh, by the way, it's the end of my turn. There it is. Sucker. You learn nothing, and I have a 7-Eleven. Fetid Pools is the next one. That is the Swamp Island Cycle Land from Amonkhet. Great card. Beautiful art. But it's like six bucks, and it could be um, Terramorphic Expanse, Evolving Wilds, or ter uh, what's the one that you always say? Myriad Landscape. Myriad Landscape. Those are pennies. And Myriad Landscape's actually getting a reprint in... Masters 25. Yeah, I think it's a buck or two, and it will be way less than that. Yeah, so you could... It, it enters the battlefield tapped, but, I mean, so does Fetid Pools. Yeah. You're not slowing the deck down by taking out six or seven bucks. There are lots of lands that will tap for these colors. Like, the what is it, the Onslaught filter? Is that whatever the hell that was? Where you tap one and it, and you get... The Odyssey filter. Odyssey filter. Yep. You play that instead. Although that one might be big money, too. No, those are cheap. Are they, are they still like a, cheap? Like a buck. Play that instead. Yeah. Yeah. And you're playing a sweet old border card and none of this jank. Yeah, I hate new border cards. F you, Evan. The <laughs> other thing that we wanted to suggest, and we kind of hit on it already, is mana rocks. Soul Ring, Mind Stone, Worn Power Stone, Felwar Stone, Signets, Spheres, Dynamos, Thought Vessels. You name it. You can yeah. play it in this deck. Play it's going to want it. Yeah. So that's the thing. Bag it for them. And those are fairly cheap. I think all of them, except th that I just rattled off there, except for Thought Vessel, are like pretty cheap, right? Thought Vessel is like six or seven bucks. Really? Yeah, five bucks maybe. And I they mean, all give you mana. They all do something in addition to giving you mana, even if it's giving you two or three mana. I think the Thing in the Ice could probably get the axe too. And it's like $13. It's a modern card. Or is it a standard card? It's a modern card. Really? It might be in standard too. I don't know. But I was playing in modern on... Friday, I guess, mm -hmm. and I saw two decks that were playing them and two guys that were looking for them. So that's why they're twelve bucks because they're in decks and people want them. Hmm, no way. Yeah, and it's very like you only play eleven instants in the deck. I guess with the sorceries, there's let's say twenty cards that'll take a counter off of it. And I don't know. I just I feel like it's kind of loose. If you're just looking for a blocker, you could play a wall of ice. And the front side is, isn't one of your main creature types. It's a horror. It's yeah. the back side that's a kraken. And the front side is kind of junk. You could turn this into... You could just turn this into Jokel Mortar. He's a 12-12 for <laughs> 7. <is> so awesome. <laughs> now, uh, He's a Leviathan with Trample as well. We should, we should probably read the rest of the card, though, hey? We, let's let's read suppose. the rest. There is more on the card. He's not just a 12-12 Trampler for 7. Uh, he comes into play tapped. Uh, whenever he comes into play, you sacrifice it unless you bin five lands. Uh, uh, and he doesn't untap during your untap step, but whenever you play an island, you can untap him. Ooh, you know what you do then? You cut Thing in the Ice for, for Jokel Mortar, 
and you keep your fetid pools because it's an island just in case. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do. Yes, and they're they're forty cents. So oh, you're gonna be ahead money. Yeah, there you go. You'll have enough to buy another uh, land that's an island. Yeah, yeah. Or another jokel mortar for another deck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> speaking of speaking of lands, islands, whatever, hollowed fountain, watery grave, godless shrine. If you wanted to add a little bit of mana to the deck, make it a little bit quicker because you can choose whether those come into play tapped or not, and they have relevant land types, so you could fetch them with fetch lands like polluted delta or flooded strand if you really wanted to go hog wild with your jokel mortar you could also play the we talked about them last week the filter lands in a deck like this where you're looking for like because some of these cards cost blue 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 whatever mm -hmm. the filter lands would really help you get there and the enemy filter lands originally in what shadowmore actually all getting reprints in modern masters 25 yeah, or whatever so now's the time to pick them up well not yeah. now is the time to pick them up then will be the time to pick them up. Yeah, so that's a thing. Mystic Gate, Sunken Ruins, Fetid Heath, and the Odyssey Filters. I actually had them listed a little bit further down the show. Sky Cloud Expanse and Darkwater Catacombs. Those sound so badass. Yeah, you play them, you pay one mana, and then you tap them, and you get a white and a blue, or a blue and a black. Nice. Yep, so I like those for sure. Now, some of the includes that you wanted to mention, we've got Shape Sharer, which is a clone that I think you can reset it. He's a, uh, well, yeah, he's a changeling. So he's all creature types. Oh, yeah, that's so right. So he technically sort of fits themes. Yep. And I think it's blue two. He's a one one for blue one changeling. Then you tap two and a blue, and target shapeshifter becomes a copy of target creature until end of turn. So he can become your great big fat fatty. Or if you want to cut more creature dudes, you can play the, like, the common blue or white or black shapeshifter that has flying and then you can fly him in so they can't block and then after he's been unblocked you can turn him into your great big fat fatty and beat wholesale ass oh i love it so sweet it's an onboard combat trick and we technically don't like those but that one's pretty good yep i like that and you also suggested vault of the archangel if we want to just take a step back towards the lands it taps for colorless or black white two creatures you control gain lifelink and death touch and we all know how much i love six sixes that have death touch or seven sevens or eight, eight, seven elevens because they definitely need death touch joker mortar's a 12 12 he definitely needs death touch yeah, death touch and lifelink yes there it is yep now we're talking okay we like prison term and recumbent bliss with Zur as well going back off of the quest for Ula's temple line and back to the kind of the Zur proper line. Because you're playing Zur, and this isn't dirtbag Zur, but I mean you might as well use him for something, right? Recumbent bliss is a after you have your quest out. You mean? Yeah, like you might as well get some more value out of him. You can get your recumbent bliss. You can stop somebody from attacking and blocking, and then you gain a life every turn. Yep. And prison term, same thing, except when a new creature comes into play, you can move prison term to that creature. Yeah, like if you get it on that cranko, you're like, oh ha, because it also stops activated abilities. Oh yeah. If that's something right. that comes in that's even worse, if there's something worse than cranko, you can just move prison term to it. Yeah, and they're both three mana enchantments. So Zer finds them when he attacks, puts them right into play. Super good. Yep. And the other one that you liked was Debtor's Knell. It's, I want to say it's Orzov, 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 four. And it's an enchantment. During each of your upkeeps, put a creature from your graveyard onto the battlefield. And it's like, it's $300 uh, or, or eight American. Yes. So it's not really budget, but I mean, people are going to be killing your fatties. You got to get them back. What I really like is... If you took a little ditty from, 
I think originally Zendikar, Spreading Seas. Yeah. Enchantment, so you can find it with Zer for blue one. Target land is now an island. Draw a card. Yeah. When it enters the battlefield. Just straight up, draw a card. Target land is an island. And I say this because a lot of serpents have an ability called, or what used to be called, Island Home. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Island yeah. Home. Okay, so Island Home means you can't attack unless defending player has an island. And if they don't have Island Home, they have Island Walk. So if defending player has an island, they're unblockable. That is excellent. And Spreading Seas replaces itself and checks off both of those things. And when we're talking about serpents, Quest for Ulus Temple finds serpents, we could go all in on serpents. And listen to this. We've got Benthic Behemoth, Deep Sea Serpent, Denizen of the Deep, Sandbar Serpent, and Scrap Diver Serpent. Alliteration is All cool. alliteration. And that last one, Scrap Diver Serpent, also very good in Scrap Atraxa, episode 40 of CCO Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so that that bends the deck into a little bit more of a single tribe. If you cut some Krakens or Leviathans or whatever, it's going to make you the deck play more of the same creature type. And you could play something like Coat of Arms we talked about last week. Yep. Or Herald's Horn or Urza's Incubator, which has something to do with making creatures cost less or reveal from the top of your library. If it, When you play them, you draw a card. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, so you're singling in on one creature type. If you didn't want to do that, and the deck is three colors, right? So you can't really say Gauntlet of Power or Caged Sun, which makes lands of a chosen type tap for double. You could do something like a little ditty that CCO Podcast dug up from the dark <laughs> right out of the trade box into yeah. this deck. Sunken City. So good. I used to play it in Mistform Ultimus as well. It's a, So it's an enchantment from the dark. Blue, blue. All blue creatures get plus one, plus one. And then if you... Every upkeep, you have to pay blue, blue again. But it's a sweet lord that Zer can find that makes all your big dudes even bigger. Yeah. See, it costs two mana. Zer can find it. So your 13-13 death touch life-linking Jokel Mortar, even better. Yep. Well, he's a 13-13 now. Right, he's a 13-13 with the yep. thing. You know what I'm saying. So so good. And the best part is <laughs> it's already terrible, and you have to continue to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. You know what would be even worse is if you did decide to play Sunken City and Spreading Seas. There's a bunch more alliteration, by the way. Yes. <laughs> and you didn't have two islands. You needed to Spreading Seas your own swamp. <laughs> <laughs> Never let that happen to you. Yeah, Just no. Just never have that happen to you. That'd be the worst. Yeah. So, okay, back to the real world. Glenelendra, Fetid Pools, cut them, save yourself 22 bucks. pick up a Jokel Mortar and a Spreading Seas and a Sunken City and a case of beer because you're still going to have your $22 because people are going to give you those other cards. Strengths and weaknesses. We'll start with the strengths. Much like Arc of Opposition Demir deck, this deck beats wholesale ass in the late game. Lots of deck manipulation means access to many answers. It plays a lot smoother than it really is because you've got so much scry. Scry is a lot stronger, I think, than some people give it credit for, especially in Edha. Edha! Okay, while Xur and or sea monsters aren't very unique, lots of those builds exist, I've never seen a Xur sea monster deck. Yeah, right. That's very true. This is a neat, this is a cool take on something that's kind of been 
Hammer, batting yeah. around, yeah. Batted yeah. around a lot. Yep. Traditional, and, classical commander deck, very spirit of the format. And it's budget as hell. Yes. I like all of those things. Yes. It's a feel-good deck. It feels good to play a deck like this. It's really classic, like watching an old cartoon show from when you were a kid. Oh, like, yeah. I really like this. Yeah. I mean, this is why I got into the format in the first place. It's relatable to me because I used to have a Sea Monster deck. There's a Tromocratus deck. Yeah. So I, I very much like this one. Weaknesses. You'll have to convince people that it's not the typical Zer deck. Yeah, you have to play it a couple of times, <laughs> yeah. and you probably have to play a couple of things before Zer. To get people to believe you. Yes. Because people usually see Zer and they just, they land go until you see Zers. They can have mana up to kill Zer. Slow as, as much, balls as it, a result, right? Yes. And I mean, while the deck isn't a Zer deck, it does kind of need it to find the enchantment that makes the deck go. It's also very reliant on that one card. Yep. Like the deck loses a lot of game if you don't have Quest for Ula's Temple without any kind of ramp in it. Because then you actually have to wait until turn eight <laughs> so that you can play your creatures. Speaking of that, land base is a little bit shaky. Might have trouble casting your turn drop on turn two if all you have is enter the battlefield tap lands in your opener. That's not very fun. And doesn't pack the best versions of many things, right? It's not packing the best versions of creatures. It's not packing the best version. Like we talked about the destroyed or exile target attacking creature for two mana. Well, you could play Condemn. Just as an example, you could pay Path to Exile. Yes. But the difference is 20 cents or $6. Yes. Right. So budget includes. Just keep that in mind. And Wizards is getting actually pretty good at putting those kinds of things like Path to Exile or Swords to Plowshares right into their commander products. So lots of people had access to them. But I remember Mark saying like he built this deck out of just stuff that he had. Very much like JJ and his vampire deck of last week. Yeah, just stuff that well, I guess that one was built out of stuff that we had. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that we were gonna give to JJ. Great bridging episode, Brando and Ryan. <laughs> Okay, time for Card of the Week. Now, we're going a little different this week, Ryan. We're going to pick a card that is kind of the namesake granddaddy of everybody else in the deck, just so we can all marvel that they even attempted to print these kinds of creatures anymore and go with Leviathan. Yeah, not technically in the deck, I don't think, right? Thank the thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. <laughs> Leviathan is a 10-10 for 9. Sounds pretty good at 10 10 for 9. With Trample. It's even Ooh. better. Leviathan. Relevant creature type. Once traded two of these for a tropical island. That's a true story. <laughs> yeah, so excellent. So, whoa, what other abilities does this, do, does this, this dude have? This must be the greatest card ever printed. Here, let, let's go, baby. We'll just, just finish reading the casting cost. Five. Blue, 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 blue. <coughs> okay. All right, 10-10, Trample, Leviathan. Is a Leviathan. Leviathan comes into play tapped and does not untap during your untap step. Hmm. I don't know about this. Okay, he's probably... There's lots There's lots more text here. Okay. I'm sure he's good. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may sacrifice two islands. If you do, untap Leviathan. Okay. Okay. We have the blue, obviously. Yeah, yeah lots of islands. Leviathan can't attack unless you sacrifice two islands. <laughs> This card's awesome. <laughs> so, and that's it. That's that. That's all. That's the whole card. It was in the dark, which is important. Yes, it, it was originally printed in the dark. Oh my god! And actually, the picture is kind of neat. It's like a. It almost looks like a cloud eating a lighthouse. 
I don't even really understand and it. And that that dark card frame, like the card frame from the dark, and how the text is like left justified. It that is a nice looking card. Yeah, that is that is a magic card. Yeah. If somebody, what's a magic card? And you showed them Leviathan, they would look Leviathan. at it. Leviathan. Wow. This was actually one of the first cards I actually owned in real life. And no way. Yeah, it was one of the first things that I like was digging through a box, and I was like, "Ooh, I'll pay money for this. I'm gonna buy this." And I paid like ten cents for it, and I was like, Ooh. "And it's still worth oh ninety eight cents now." <laughs> no, that's from the dark. That's the that's the original printing. The most recent one. It was it was actually reprinted in Time Spiral. Oh no! So some people opened this in a modern draft format, and it, it cost a quarter. It was reprinted in the beatdown box set as well. So I have a white bordered one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But and that and just CCO Nation. Two Leviathans, Tropical Island, Trade, that's real. That's so awesome. That's a real story. Okay. Milk list? Let's do the milk list. Okay, so the milk list, as per edhrec.com, is a list of cards by converted mana cost that are the most popular cards in the color combination that we're looking at today. Esper, white, blue, black. So is he playing these cards? At the zero drop slot, Mana Crypt. No. No, that's worth more than the entire budget of the deck. At the one drop slot, Soul Ring. I love saying this. No. No, but he said he's going to put it in, but right now he's not. Cyclonic so. Rift at two. Yes. Yes, that's one. Chromatic Lantern at three. Nope. Supreme Verdict at four. Nope. Gilded Lotus at five. Nope. Merciless Eviction at six. Nope. Magister Sphinx at seven. Nope. Sphinx of the Steel Wind hmm, at eight. Nope. Wow. Darksteel Forge at nine. Nope. Omniscience at ten. Nope. We're getting into Leviathan territory here. <laughs> Mycosynth Golem at 11. Nope. Blightsteel Colossus at 12. Nope. Emrakul Promised End 13. Nope. Dinkmouth Infusion at 14. No way. Nope. One Milk List. One Milk List card. Excellente. That is impressive. Yes. And it wasn't Sol Ring. So that's awesome. Yeah, even better that it wasn't Sol Ring, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a Cyclonic Rift, but you could switch that with Evacuation kind of get the same effect but you don't get all their other stuff and it hits your shit too you don't want that happening yeah well you get your stuff back for free with quest right yeah i guess so it's not terrible but the quest goes back. no the quest doesn't go back correct not with evacuation so if you want to do zero milk list and if you wanted to save like 12 bucks yeah drop that uh, cyclonic rift evacuation yeah. okay spice calculator we looked at the popularity of zur on edhrec.com and the at the time i made the list there was 1,466 lists, making him the second most popular Esper commander. Today, there are 1,480 Xur lists, and he remains the second most popular Esper commander. Lagging very far behind Aloro, and he's a fair bit ahead of Sharum, and then you kind of get into the general... Regulars. Regular guys, yeah. Two tutors in the list, Xur and Quest. Average converted mana cost, get this, 4.05. That's high. impressive for yeah. well, how high the mana cost of the creatures is. Yep. Now, critical turn, I set this to five because that's the first turn that Xur attacks without yes. any, like, um, acceleration. Xur attacks on turn five. You get your quest for Ula's Temple into play, and it's off to the races with scry, 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 so you're good for the rest of the game because everybody knows this is kind of how your deck works. Yeah. Nobody's going to, in a fun game, I don't think anybody's going to destroy the quest for Ula's Temple. It seems like there's probably going to be something better that you could... Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, as much as this deck is awesome, a lot of Krakens do get blocked by a Sapperling. 
so yeah they don't have trample or whatever right yeah like some of them have island walk or like but. you i guess you could put in a chromas memorial in here again oh, F the budget yeah, a chromas memorial would be a great include for this deck yeah because you're playing the deck already is designed to kind of last until you have seven or eight mana you can just hard cast it you could use that mana tap or whatever it is that tap to get energy a bunch tap of yeah, yeah yeah energy tap tap one guy a chromas memorial and tack with all your other guys yeah Yep. Flying Vigilance Haste, First Strike Pro Red, Pro Black. I like it. Eat my shit. Optimal game size, six. You want as much attention diverted away from you with other players doing stuff as possible. Correct. The only thing that you'd have to maybe worry about is the amount of Wrath of Gods that those other five players are play playing in those big games. And that's why you play things like Doubters now to get your dudes back after yeah. you die. Uniqueness rating. This deck is 59 cards different than the stock Zur list on EDHREC.com. Impressive. 59 cards, not including lands. Yes. That's like the whole deck. Yeah. Almost the whole deck. If you think of a whole deck has like 60, this... 64 cards. 64 cards. Yeah. Well, 63 if you don't count Zur. So 59 yeah. of the 63 cards are different than the stock list on EDHREC.com. So good on you, Mark. Honky. That's impressive. Spice calculator. Beep, boop, 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 boop. 62. Nice. I like it. I like that a lot. Yeah. So get in there. We've got a very classic feeling deck that is quite spicy indeed. Needs some tuning, but ultimately will be very fun. Yes, and that's the name of the game. Very much so. Well, I guess the name of the game is magic, but you know <laughs> what I mean. You totally you guys know what I mean. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of all we have today on the deck from Mark, Sea Monster Tribal. Don't forget to go on to Facebook, like follow share five star review or four no we only have fives really yeah holy we are five shit. out of five spicy that's awesome yeah let's call it spicy we're the california reaper of facebook pages yes i like that yeah so when you do that, you get your chance to win your Thraxamundar deck. Don't forget that patrons get their extra entries counted when they do all of the Facebook stuff based on their patronage level. And then don't forget to send us in your Mark Niles nicknames and to watch out for us on YouTube because I have my new computer and I'll be doing the videos this week. That is dope. Uh, finally, I guess, last kind of thoughts on the deck. I love this deck and I was just thinking about this. A while back, we did that Norn the Wary Jack in the Box build, where it was a Norn the Wary deck that was super fun that also had a really, like, broken Neheb the Eternal deck kind of built into it sneakily so you could, like, come out with a real deck. This is kind of the opposite of that, where it's this real deck that comes out swinging with this super fun, swingy, kind of janky deck that's super classic and super fun, which we've already said, and that's really, really great. So good on you for building something like that, Mr. Honky. And we're going to kind of keep that going next week when we answer the question, what the fuck is Ooze Tribal? And we're going to do... Oh, actually, wait. Before we go, we should probably send one last message to our friends over at Commander's Brew and CMDR Central, shouldn't we? Oh, yeah. bastards. Yeah, we'll send another message to them, and we're going to talk more about them and the challenge we have thrown down for them on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. I will rain down on a godly fucking firestorm upon you. I am talking scorched earth, motherfucker. I will massacre you. I will fuck you up. Now hit our theme song. Ooh.